Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Here we are, yet again. Here I go again, not on my own. It's uh, yeah, right. lyrics from a. I knew where you were going with that, but uh, yeah, I just realized that I wasn't alone. Unlike uh, whenever I had to record your public service announcement on Friday. Yeah. So things are only mildly weird out there right now. Yeah, they haven't gotten super weird. Yeah, they haven't got like Michael Jackson weird yet. No. That's my gauge for weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> when things get as weird as Michael Jackson, it's time to get out. Uh, <laughs> so, the nation is crawling to a halt, Whenever, especially economically speaking. A lot of people are... Um, there's a good, strong number of people in a lot of industries that are going to be struggling a good bit right now. Because of it, yeah. I, I get people. Actually, I've I've been asked the question several times by friends of mine from across the nation that they say, "So how things, uh, you know, how are things going over there? Like, what's you know, or how are things going with you guys?" And I'm like, mm, "Normal," because this is normal operating procedure for me during the flu season, anyways. Because I have a son who has like the if he got the flu it wouldn't be good news like we would probably involve us having like a one to two week hospital stay so we're already we're already on like you know the the like we're we're already like extra careful around this time of year we're already you know wipe you know every all year round we're already wiping everything down with disinfectants and whatnot I thought you were going to say something like, we're already wiping our butts. Yeah, we wipe our butts all year long as well. (laughs) So people are like, oh, well, they're like, well, what about, you know, like, uh, you know, the shelves, uh, ammo shelves are empty. And, you know, I'm like, I'm already stocked up. I've been stocked up. In fact, I actually just uh, had an opportunity to purchase like 500 more rounds of ammo because it was available. And I got a hold of it. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm extra stocked is all. And so people are like, well, but what they, happens? Uh, is the stores marking up prices? Mm-hmm. On ammo no, yet? no, no. Actually, uh, actually, they're um, uh, the the twenty round boxes of two two three. They're actually like fifty cents cheaper than they normally are. So wonder yeah. why? Because uh, I think it, I think it was just coincidence that because it regularly goes on sale um, every every so often, like uh, it drops like fifty cents or a dollar per box. Um, pretty mm. regularly because it, it varies. Sometimes I pick them up. I pick up the steel case two two three Monarch for like five forty nine or five nine. Like it's five ninety nine. Then sometimes it's five forty nine. Then sometimes they drop it down to like four forty nine. Um, and so it like v- regularly is going on sale. It fluctuates pretty substantially, like within a dollar margin. Either way, even at full price, it's a good deal. Um, anyhow, so I'm. This is normal. This is like, <laughs> and then people are like, well, you know, kids' schools are canceled. Well, we homeschool. So, like, when people are people are having to make major adjustments to their lives, like to me, this is like normal. It's like welcome to the jungle. Like, this is my life. 
<laughs> all the time. You know, we always have our kids at our house full time because we've got, you know, we homeschooled them. We always are, you know, around this time of year being extra vigilant about, um, uh, you know, making sure that we don't bring sickness into our home. We're, you know, so we're all, we're already always, you know, ready to, you know, ready to go if things get weird type of a deal. I've already stocked up on ammo. <clears throat> so this is, this is just my normal, like, so, so to me, this is not that crazy. And I get why people are kind of freaked out. I really do because this isn't their normal everyday experience. But this is why I say it's probably best to like have some form of preparation. I don't, you don't have to be like a, like a, a doomsday prepper with like a, a, a bomb shelter with shelves full of food and, you know, emergency food supplies and all that stuff. You don't have to, although that's, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to have. If, if you've got the spare money to dump into all that type of stuff, then, you know, right. you're kind of overprepared, but you know, it's better to be overprepared than underprepared, I guess. But the, <laughs> there, I think people, I think this is a good time for people to step back with a new perspective and take a look and say, and see, Maybe we should implement a few things in our lives when things get back to normal to where we're a little bit more like we have some form of emergency preparation in place. It doesn't necessarily have to cover every scenario from alien invasion to EMP strikes and things like that. But it's probably not a bad idea to have a few weeks worth of food in your pantry. I got a feeling more people are going to have more toilet paper on hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. From now on. People, you know what's you know what I have not seen yet that I expect to emerge in this. You know how there's these all these subscription companies like Dollar Shave Club and stuff. I think there's going to be a Dollar TP Club coming out (laughs) where you all you you always get a regular supply of toilet paper delivered to your door, no matter what. Um, And and I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if someone has come up with that and they're getting ready to launch this uh, this idea. So sorry if I sorry if I you know uh, ruined the surprise, but that's going to happen. <clears throat> so there'll be people signing up for you know TP a week or whatever. So you think Nipstick is more important than Dollar uh, Dollar TP Club? Um, no, I don't. I, I think at this point in time, I don't think people are worried Let, about. Let's nips. see if there is a. Uh, a URL for Dollar TP Club. Oh, they're probably it's probably taken. Um, TPOnDemand.com would not be a bad one either. That'd be a good one. I'm just giving this out for free. Listen, I'm dropping gold nuggets of. It's, it's available. What is? DollarTP.com. DollarTP.com. All right. Well, that one's for you, listeners. If you if any if any of you are innovative and want to hop on that, um, that one's available. What's another good one that uh, I think TP on demand? What about TP on demand? DollarTPClub.com is available. Okay. What about uh, TP on demand? Are they available and like super expensive or are they like twelve ninety nine type of a deal? TP on demand. Dot com. Um, for whatever reason, that took me to targetprocess.com. 
Mm. Let's try this again. Uh, well, that well that probably means that TP on demand is a URL owned by TargetProcess.com, and it just redirects to their site. Yep. So yeah, that one was would have been a good one, a good URL to have. <clears throat> so, I myself, I subscribe to a um, a for my filters for mm-hmm. my uh, heat and air system. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I subscribed to that about. Oh, I want to say a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. Because I hated the fact that if I if I didn't uh, go and buy like a bulk of them, w- what would happen is I would buy a bulk of them and I'd forget. Forget, and then you're not actually changing them. Yeah. And so I'm actually the w- same way. I've got like I've I had a year supply of it in my garage of my air filters. And uh, that was put in my garage two years ago, and I still have some. So that means I'm clearly not changing them as frequently <laughs> as I'm supposed to. You're supposed to do it quarterly. Yeah. Uh, according to Banker Heat and Air. And it depends on the filters nice you get. For Banker. Yeah, that's a, it depends on the filters you get. I have like the really, really cheap ones. They're supposed to be done every 30 days. So that that tells you how many I had. Like I had <laughs> a, like a year supply of it, and we're going on two years now, and I still have probably another half year supply of it if I actually change them <laughs> as frequently as I'm supposed to. So, uh, whoever, if someone did come up with a <laughs> toilet, I mean the thing is toilet paper though, because so many people go through like your kids. Uh, you were talking, I think it was the last time we were on the show. My household uh, goes through a, a roll a they, day. They seem to think that, um, or your kids seem to think that it's like the price is right. Yeah. They're sitting there, big money, big, big money. money. Yeah, <laughs> big money, no whammies. <laughs> Just <laughs> rolling that toilet paper out. The funny thing is, like, there at the <clears throat> office, I happened to walk by the bathroom, and the the boys, uh, Cal and Owen, Killian, and, mm-hmm. and then Marjorie, she's not a boy, but... Uh, mm-hmm. They use the restroom with the door open. So <laughs> you walk by, and uh, the other day I happened to look in, and Owen, he's sitting there, and he's counting his squares because he knows he's only allowed to take four. Okay. Yeah. And it just cracks me up. He's sitting there, one, two, three, four, and he rips it off. And he looks at you and goes, oh, I got five. <laughs> oh, he, he freaked. Oh, he no. thought he was going to get in trouble. Oh, no. Just wipe your butt, buddy. Yeah. Toilet paper rationing. It's a real Mm. thing. Oh, we've been rationing Marjorie and... Yeah, uh, yeah. Because... Get to ration the kids. The kids... If if you don't... They they don't think about it. Yeah, they're terrible at... um, uh, like they, they, they'll just do, and I have to tell my kids, I'm like, you can't be doing this. But part of it is like, like they'll start rolling it out and then like they, they're not like he, Eli doesn't like rip it right. And then he like pulls it and then it just like spools out another quarter roll of toilet paper. <laughs> so Marjorie, for whatever reason, walked in on uh, me one day while I was using the restroom. She saw that I pulled off more than five or four squares mm-hmm. and she goes, daddy, you're only supposed to take four squares. <laughs> And I said, Marjorie, my butt's bigger than yours. <laughs> Daddy bites the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, so this whole, I mean, everything that's going on right now, I understand the panic, but I think this is a good eye-opener for a lot of Americans and a lot of people that realistically you should be mildly more prepared. You should be have a little bit of emergency preparedness available to you. I don't think... It's not wise to uh, it, it's not wise to let your pantry levels get so low that you you know if anything happens that you only have like a few days worth of food 
maybe you don't need to keep a you know three month supply of food on hand, but you know a couple weeks of food is probably not a bad idea. Um, having some form of water filtration in case you need to you know uh, gather your own water from you know a lake or a stream or something like that. There you can buy inexpensive water filters um, just to have, just in case. You know, not not a terrible idea. Probably not a bad idea to have a firearm and maybe some ammunition. And it's, you know, don't wait until there's a panic going on to where all of you first-time gun buyers go out and, um, and you know, buy a gun out of panic. Which actually, by the way, when things normalize in a couple of months, it's probably a good idea to keep an eye out on the used market for firearms. Because you may be able to pick up some really good deals because someone went out and bought all these you know, bought these guns that they'd never plan on shooting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or uh, it's probably also going to be a good time to purchase uh, ammo because someone went out and, you know, panic purchased 3,000 rounds. TPsubscribe.com. That's available? It's available. TPsubscribe. There you go. We're giving out kinds, all kinds of free <laughs> intellectual property here, people. It's a good one. It's a good business idea. Um, you know, it... it it wouldn't work any other time, but right now, it'd be a good way. Yeah, you because know, like, after it's all fresh on everyone's minds, they're like, you know mm-hmm. what? That's a good idea. We'll we'll always and it's convenient. You know, you, you you typically aren't keeping an eye on your toilet paper supply, and then that's how diapers.com uh, <clears throat> came available. Oh yeah, uh, I was actually watching that video this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was uh, uh, interviewing the guy that started diapers. I think it's called diapers.com, but um, basically. Uh, rather than uh, making a profit on the diapers, he made a profit on the the other things. Oh, um, okay. He would lose money on the diapers. Yeah. But he would make a profit on all the other things. Like baby wipes and stuff like that? Exactly. Yeah. And um, he knew he was going to lose money on each box of diapers that he shipped out. Mm-hmm. But he always made much more profit on yeah. the other things well, i'm telling you butt creams and yeah but boudreaux's butt paste have you ever heard of that one mm-hmm. that's a funny one so <laughs> talk about funny yeah. creams whenever i was a kid my dad used um a cream for his hands because when you're pulling wire yeah your hands uh, the oils in your hands dry out mm-hmm. and um and i've noticed it with myself but for whatever reason i've never gone and bought a cream or anything. Well, mm-hmm. he bought, he always used it and it cracked me up and we were talking about this the other day. He always used a cream called Zim's Crack Cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's available anymore. I don't know where it went, what what happened to it. But uh, I'm pretty positive Zim's Crack Cream, Z-I-M-S Crack Cream. Let's see if it's still available. Is it? Is it? And Zim's, yeah, Zim's crack cream. There 40 we go. bucks. Holy crap. Well, is it a big tub or something? Two ounces. 40 bucks for two ounces? Yeah. Is it made of actual crack? Is it like made from crack? <laughs> is that why it's so expensive? It's herbal skincare cream. That's all yeah, I don't think cocaine's an herb. <laughs> uh, Especially not crack cocaine. Now, so uh, this is okay. A, so they have, they do have Walgreens has the uh, <clears throat> it, Zim's Max Cream for it says formula for diabetics. 
Hmm. So, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they must have changed the uh, deal. But anyways, uh, it always cracked me up whenever I was a kid that uh, I would pick this cream up and it stunk. Oh, man, it was nasty. <laughs> uh, but the name of it just always cracked me up as a kid. Yeah, crack cream. <clears throat> and uh, Almost as funny as Boudreaux's butt paste. I remember Joe had one, <coughs> uh, a little can. It was a uh, little, I think it was called uh, Bag Balm something like that uh, for and i read the can one day and it was uh for your udders <laughs> <laughs> i gotta look that one up now too yeah so um so right now things are getting you things are getting a little out of hand i guess um it's 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 raining back in though. I think I think we're we're getting to the point where things will normalize and come out. So what, what does this mean for your business? Like that's a, that's a so right now there's a couple things there's a couple uh, things going on in the nation that are there's a lot of implementations and measures being taken to help small businesses in this particular time. Because here's the deal, um, like you guys' business hasn't really suffered too much. Um, no. in fact, mine's kind of business as usual. If not, I think I've seen a slight increase because I'm thinking that more people are trying to stay away from, you know, being out in public. And so the idea of having a mechanic come to you, uh, <laughs> is a little bit more, um, a little bit, <laughs> that is funny. Um, <clears throat> it's a little bit more, um, but safe to a lot of people, the idea of a mechanic coming to you. So, so for me, it hasn't really, but there's a lot of industries that are suffering. And because of that, there's a lot of measures going into place. There's, um, uh, Congress passed, um, a bill that will, uh, allow you to, uh, use paid, paid employee time off as a tax deduction as an employer, so you're getting an additional tax credit for providing um, employees with paid time off. There is, if you're self-employed, you can also claim paid time off uh, if you're for yourself. Uh, there's a few other things going into place. Uh, Governor Stitt just recently um, mentioned that he, or uh, recently tweeted here in Oklahoma that uh, the SBA disaster loans are now available for Oklahoma. So if you go to sba.gov slash disaster, um, I think, or maybe it's disaster relief, it's one of those two. You go to sba.gov and you look for under the disaster loans programs, there's a list of states <clears throat> and areas that are in like counties that are available for it. And I think Oklahoma hasn't isn't showing up on the website yet, but it's probably just hasn't been updated. And um, so... That loan is now available, and there is a there's kind of two sides to the coin where people are being silly about his tweet and the response to it. But um, which we can uh, we can take a quick break. I think I drank too much coffee. Yeah, we can take a quick break, <laughs> and then I'll go into the details of this SBA loan, this federal um, uh, loan program that's that's uh, that's available to small businesses. So we'll be right back. Hey, we've returned. So imagine that. Yeah. So Governor Stitt um, in Oklahoma tweeted this. What's the date? I don't know. Uh, March twentieth, um, two days ago, uh, as of this recording. So a few days before you guys um, will hear it. He says, "Good news. 
we just got word that small businesses in all 77 Oklahoma counties are approved for low interest disaster loans from the SBA uh, gov. So if your business has been affected by COVID-19, you can apply at sba.gov slash disaster. So um, there's kind of there's kind of a little bit of controversy. I don't I don't understand why the controversy, but here's someone has tweeted said replacing a loss of income with debt isn't good news. It's a double whammy. Um, <clears throat> maybe you could get my business insurance to do what I have been paying them for. Uh, here's another one. Uh, good news. What? We still aren't testing people serving food and a lot of non-essential retail is still open. People are still congregating in groups, but it's cool because the entire government got free tests and gets to go home on paid leave. I don't know what that has anything to do with the SBA, uh, that gov, uh, 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 the SBA disaster loan. Here's another one. Bad news is you still have an issue to shelter in place order like New York and California. And that's the only way to stem this. <clears throat> Uh, here's another tweet. Most small businesses can't afford yet another loan. Small restaurants can't recover from being shut down for long and they can't afford more debt. They're clo they're choosing to either stay open and go broke paying their employees or shut down and lay off their employees. They need help. Okay. Here's some, here's something, here's some information about the, the SBA disaster loan. So this is not a new loan program. It's existed already. Mm -hmm. It's just now, you know, in times of disaster, in a declared disaster, um, businesses have available to them through the uh, Small Business Administration to get what's called the disaster relief loan. So the details of this disaster relief loan, um, uh, you can basically the, the, the details of the loan, everything varies a little bit, but here's how the loan can potentially work. It is a, they have loan term limits up to 30 years. Uh, they are 3.75% interest loans. And if you're a nonprofit, it's 2.75% interest. So these are really, really low interest loans. Um, they also can, I mean, they can go up to $2 million dollars. Um, and, uh, and in some cases the loan can close and you can have, uh, up to 12 months of no payments for the first, so no payments for the first year. So these loans actually can help businesses that are in a precarious situation because of that are, that are affected financially from COVID-19. There's two types of, <coughs> um, there's two types of, these are a couple of reasons why you could, you know, get this loan. And that's for physical damage, like uh, in the case of like a hurricane disaster mm -hmm. or for financial damage or both as well. And so the way that the loans typically work is you apply and then a loan officer goes over your application, your, you know, assesses the damages to your business, whether it be financial or physical. In this case, it's going to be a financial disaster or financial damage to your business. And then they begin closing the loan. And upon closing, they can issue a disbursement payment of up to $25,000 within the first five, within five days of closing the loan. So you pretty quickly get $25,000 and then they can schedule further disbursements until you can get the whole loan amount. Um, uh, so if it's like something wow. like you get that $25,000, but you're not going to get the rest of your funds for another, uh, for another uh, month or something like that. 
and you need you know and uh, other disbursements they can in, they can throw that in there as well That's so these are cool. these are loan programs that actually could help so if you're in a situation where um, you're in retail or you're in uh, restaurants or the restaurants are really suffering uh, restaurant so first off food service industries are already tough businesses to run oh yeah profit margins are tight uh, business fluctuates, you know, just, it seems like a lot of times on a whim. And when you have a situation like this, you get a lot of people afraid to go out, um, and very afraid to, um, deal with, uh, or eat food that is prepared in a public place. So you've still got payroll to meet, you know? So the question is, do you, do you stay open and put people at risk or do you close down and your employees have no jobs um, and they're not getting income or what do you do? Well, in this particular case, if you can get the ball rolling on a loan like this, then yes, it is debt. Here's the deal, though. It's very, very low interest debt. And what it can also do, what it offers the availability, say you're a business that already has some debt. I guarantee you most of those debts are at a higher than 3.75% interest because that's a really low interest rate. And consider this, you know, because most businesses, um, typically if they have debt or a loan of some kind, if it's not, uh, if it's not like an equipment loan or something that's a secured loan, like a, a, a you know, an auto financing uh, situation um, or financing on real estate, if it's typically, if it's like a capital, you know, if it's a loan that was required to, per, to get operating capital, it's, it's going to be an unsecured capital loan. And unsecured capital loans tend to carry pretty high interest rates, like credit card level high, sometimes a little bit less than credit cards. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, well above, well north of 3.75%. So what businesses can do with this, you know, with this potential situation, if you're hurt economically by this, then what you can do is you can, you, it'll be able to afford you the ability to uh, consolidate your debts and not have to during this, you know, if you're, if you're hurt economically or your business is slow or non-existent for the next couple of months, you can have all those other debts paid off that are at higher interest rates and then potentially not have payments starting immediately with your small business uh, disaster loan that you, that you got. I was going to say, didn't, I thought you said it was like 12 months or something like that. Yeah, in some cases it can be 12 months of, of no payments. I'm, I'm not seeing on SBA's um, website uh, that, um, that, these, that, that that's kind of like that's the standard thing, but I have uh, uh, saw from, a, uh, from someone who apparently knows a little bit more about these disaster loans than I do, that had mentioned that in a lot of cases they can be 12, the first 12 months or no payments. So you could take, yeah, so if you're like, well, how do I keep, you know, in order to keep operating to meet payroll, I've got to have $30,000 for three months worth of, you know, uh, lost business. So in order to shut down for this long of time to keep us from getting completely in the hole, you got to borrow like 90 grand. Well, 90 grand is a big number to borrow, but if it's stretched out over 30 years, um, it's, it's very possible to, you know, that, that number, like that payment is going to be really affordable. Granted, you just put your business in debt for 30 years, but because the payment's so low and the interest rate's so low, once you, when you bounce back, you can potentially start making additional payments to that principal and get it paid off in a relatively quick fashion. A lot of businesses are basically hand hand to mouth like it is you know you're you're 
all it takes is one little hiccup and things are tough financially. Right. Right. So a lot of them don't have these stored up uh, stores of capital that they can just afford to operate with no income for two, three months. Uh, or a lot of times, a lot of businesses can't afford to operate with no income for a week or two weeks. Um, so having something like this available is, is, a, is a real viable route to look into. If it works best for your business, you look into it, be smart about it. Don't, uh, don't, try, don't get yourself into more debt than you need to. But it's a possibility to help keep these keep some businesses afloat <clears throat> without um, without going completely you know without going completely under. I will say this: uh, the SBA.gov. Uh, if you go to the application portion of the page, it will give you a notification saying <coughs> that their website's running really slow. And I did look into this, and it is because they are experiencing higher volumes uh, through their servers right now because obviously there's probably a ton of small businesses going through the application process right now. But they did mention that the non-peak times are 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So if you, you know, uh, sit down in the evening to work through your application, <coughs> you'll probably be able to work through the website without it crashing on you and having slow load times and stuff. So that's kind of my tips. Go to sba.gov slash disaster and um, try and do that in the evening after 7 p.m. or if you're early morning riser um, before 7 a.m. And that should that should help you out um, as far as how the website's working. So that's an option. That's something that um, <clears throat> uh, that's something that's a completely viable option for small businesses to keep them afloat. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of businesses potentially close up shop over this. Um, but if this is a, a lifeline that can help you from closing up shop, then that's this that's a great thing. Because we don't want to see small businesses close because it literally drives our economy. I was going to say, small business is <laughs> the lifeblood of America. Yeah, it's the, it's the economic I mean, granted, engine that granted, drives... Granted, we have the big businesses such as Amazon, Kohl's and JCPenney, those massive play, um the the big ones. Mm -hmm. But but the main financial drivers are the small businesses. All small yeah. businesses combined make up make up more American income or American um um uh, income than than all of the large corporations, the big giant ones combined. Uh, and on top of that, a lot of these large corporations rely on small businesses to for them to continue to operate as a business as well. I mean, think about it. Um, <clears throat> Walmart still has to hire small businesses to do things like service their AC systems. And they yeah. hire, they, um, uh, they will hire uh, uh, companies to come in. Like, I don't, they don't. They don't rewax their floors. Their their floors. They're they're like it's not being rewaxed by Walmart employees. That is a contract company that's coming in and handling their floor maintenance. They rely on they rely on a ton of small businesses. They also rely on um you know they have their own transportation company, but they don't do all of their own shipping. They rely on some large uh, companies like. Um, like Swift Transportation and Creek Carrier and all of these giant trucking companies, but a lot of these giant trucking companies rely on small businesses like owner-operators to keep things moving. Yep. 
So we have, a, you know, these, so even though giant corporations are a large financial factor, but it, small businesses really <clears throat> drive the large businesses that all, and, and basically the rest of the economy. So that's why the, that's why the government seems to have so many measures in place to help small businesses out in this instance, which is, you know, I wish this was the case all the time. I wish the government focused, paid more attention to what they can do for small businesses than rather than large corporations more frequently, because everybody knows that it is small businesses that drive our economy. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's kind of sucks that it takes a disaster to kind of open up people's eyes to this. Um, but it is available and, and it's something to look into. Um, so how is it, you know, how are you, so you're, you're in this, no, I can't make the decision for anybody to decide whether or not they're going to keep, they're going to close their doors or not. And I'm kind of in a position where, you know, I have, I have other small businesses that rely on their vehicles that if I close my doors, then they would too have to close. They would also have to close their doors because they don't have vehicles to keep their, their, their company running. And they rely on, you know, they rely on me to keep their, their vehicles running. So fortunately in my particular situation, um, it, 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 I can just take a few extra measures to, you know, help prevent the spread of COVID-19. You know, it just means that, um, whenever I'm going to the parts store to picking up parts, I'm going to be smart about how I'm, you know, handling the parts, maybe wipe them down with some disinfectant. And whenever I'm working on someone's vehicle, I'm not, you know, blowing my nose on their steering wheel. <clears throat> um, Why not? Yeah, you see, that's the thing is I, I, I tend to not do that most of the time anyways. So. Um, I would think that'd be like. It's a company policy. Just grab a hold of the steering wheel and. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually a company policy at Matt's Mobile Mechanics. <laughs> You're not allowed to blow your nose on the steering wheel. Um, now the turn signal on the, on the other hand, that's fair game. Uh, so, uh, watch out. If you're just trying, just customer. trying to picture that. That'd be really funny. <laughs> well, some of them are just the right size the, the older ones. Um, yeah, my, that's funny. Uh, speaking of COVID-19, um, this is my, uh, my, my brother just texted me, even though I've already seen this post from your mayor, um, because I've seen your stupid reply and uh, your, your comment to it. If if you listen to this episode, Brandon, um, I don't. Your your comment not only was it uh, very much off of topic because what the mayor is saying is just that we're going to be they're going to limit um, basically the potential for spread, and they're you know trying to they're trying to limit public gatherings and um and and the, basically trying to cut the spread of disease down and, and then brandon's reply was or comment was and he so he texted me this uh, but i haven't he, he didn't text me he also didn't text me his response but his comment was well what about us um you know what about our our loss of income here 60 70 percent less income coming in for me some people don't have any income we still have bills to pay blah 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 Here's the deal. Um, and I'll say this to everybody. It is not wise to rely solely on the government, whether it be state or federal, any government, to be your savior in time of need. 
it is probably wise to have provisions yourself to handle things of this nature. Now, I get it. Not everybody can be 100% prepared for 100% of situations. But if, it, if all it takes, and this is, this, is t- this is perspective time. It's time to take a look at this. If all it takes is two to three weeks or even a month of, you know, uh, shutdown or things are, things are a little bit out of control to cause your life to spiral completely into chaos and financial ruin, then you probably need to reevaluate your finances and see what you can do to be able to survive something for a month. Now, I know that is, that is a broad statement and a lot of people are like, well, I live paycheck to paycheck. I can't, I can't just survive a month without a paycheck or whatever. But at the same time, a lot of people who live paycheck to paycheck are also potentially getting like two, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars in income tax returns. That I I know sometimes you're you you may not necessarily be blowing it and going out and buying a large screen TV or whatever, and you're taking care of financial things that you've put off, like you know fixing the car or you know putting siding on the house or something something like that. I get that. But when it comes that time of year, when you get this big tax check, maybe it's time to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to stash a little bit aside, you know, and every yep. year and, and just put it, save it away. And sometimes you may not need to use it. So maybe the next year you add a couple thousand more dollars to that. And within a couple of years, you could be pretty well prepared to go without income for a month or two. <clears throat> now, uh, this, is, this is not a radical idea to have some form of savings. And I know a lot of Americans aren't living in a situation where they're like, okay, I, you know, they're like, well, that's easy for you to say, or, you know, maybe, maybe if, you know, I could make a whole bunch of money, then I wouldn't have to worry about it. The, the reality is, is that a lot of times all it takes is a few lifestyle adjustments. So maybe you can't make more money, but what you can do is spend less money. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Uh, you have to buy food. All right. Um, you have to, uh, you have to pay your water bill. You have to have electricity. You have to have, okay, try and see what you can do to trim the fat out of your budget a little bit. Look, you know, sit down, find out what you're spending on everything every single month and go, you know what? We can live without Hulu, you know, um, (laughs) or we can, we can live without, um, you know, we, we don't need to have the HBO stars package in our cable and we can, you know, save $20, $30 a month. If you can get to the point where you can reduce your monthly expenditures by just say $25 a week, a hundred dollars a month, that is $1,200 a year. So like Rachel and I, uh, we just, or <coughs> witness just wrapped my wife's car. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we... On average, we were spending about a hundred dollars a week with me uh, driving Uber, uh, and then also her yeah. normal driving. So it's about a hundred dollars a week. That's four hundred dollars a month on average. Um, we just saved four hundred dollars a month because Witness is paying for all of my fuel now, and so that four hundred dollars. I'm trying to get my wife to understand that that four hundred dollars would be go a long ways to say our mortgage or it completely covers your car payment you know yeah and at first she was like well we can use that to go out to eat or whatever i'm like mm, that kind of defeats the purpose yeah 
And well, and that's that's another like there's a lot of there's a lot of people who could pretty you know you could if you if you looked at how much you're spending on random things you could cut out there's a lot of stuff that people are on they they don't just don't think about the fact that there's a lot of stuff that you could cut out that could save you a thousand two thousand dollars a year i mean let's say you go out to eat once a week you know um or once every other week you know the average person you know let's just say a couple you don't even have kids just two people going out to a restaurant, not even like a expensive, fancy restaurant. It's going to be like 20 bucks to $30. Typically, on average, probably about $30. I had an employee that told me he and his girlfriend never eat at home. Yeah. They always eat out. Mm-hmm. That's expensive. I don't think and people not realize o- it. Not only, they never went to no Denny's. They don't go to IHOP. Yeah. No, they go to Outback. Oh, They yeah. go to Longhorn. They yeah. go to Texas Roadhouse. They eat a lot of steak. <laughs> they do. Those are all steakhouses. <laughs> I'm going, golly, man. Here's, here, here's, here's, a, here's one way that you could save money. Um, <laughs> pack a lunch to go to work. You know, you go to work, pack a lunch. Don't eat out of lunch. Because even if you're just going to, like, let's say McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wherever, you know, you buy yourself a cheap lunch, you spend like, let's say you only spend $5 every lunch. So $5 is a really cheap lunch. 25 bucks. It's $25 a week. If on a five day work week, that is $100 a month. That is $1,200 a year. So within, you know, three years, you can have stashed away enough just by not going to McDonald's every day. Not by, by not buying your lunch. You're just, you're just packing a lunch. Because a, a couple sandwiches cost literally, like if you make a couple sandwiches at home, that's like, uh, I don't know, like 85 cents is what the cost comes to with like your bread and your meat and your cheese and all that stuff when you itemize it all out. It's really, really cheap. Maybe well, a, a I dollar. Use, I use Sargento. Oh, uh, yeah, well, so yours is like a dollar <laughs> twelve. That's what your sandwiches, your two sandwiches cost. So you could save you could save $1,200 a year by not eating out for lunch every day and, and and every once in a while you might splurge let's say once a month you go and you buy yourself a, a, a big mac or something like that okay and, and that's just being conservative because realistically speaking it'll cost you about ten dollars uh, close to ten dollars you know eight nine bucks or whatever mm-hmm. so you know eight dollars a day is forty dollars a week forty dollars a week is about a hundred and sixty dollars a month so now we're talking you know, uh, what is that? 1600 plus 320. So 1920, almost $2,000 that you've saved in a year, um, that you can then. So again, I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not here to, you know, make fun of your finances and your budget, but I'm saying this, that Whenever people, it kind of irks me whenever people say, well, most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. There's no way that they could survive, you know, they can, they can live without income for X amount of time or whatever. And that is kind of sort of true. But I guarantee you almost every single American has some fat to trim out of their budget that they could save some money with. And it's not like giant lifestyle changes either. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, turn off your electricity and, you know, live by candlelight to save money. I'm saying don't go to McDonald's every day. 
I'm saying, you know, don't uh, don't stop by the deli and you know, or whatever, and get and get your sandwich, your Reuben sandwich, uh, for lunch every day. Uh, that'll save you some uh, pretty serious cash. Um, especially if you're going to the deli. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just save. It's not. It's not impossible. I don't think I've heard the word deli. In a really long time. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird word. Yeah, it's even weirder. Is delicatessen? That's uh, yeah. That's what deli is short for. I mean, it's, it, you know how you every once in a while you've gone a really long time without hearing a specific word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to hear it one time, you're like, well, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah, just hadn't I haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah, just you know, save your money. Don't go to the cafeteria. The delicatessen, <laughs> you know, things like that. No, it, it is not impossible to... Now, I know this is kind of a day late and a dollar short whenever <clears throat> it comes to saying, well, make, you know, right now, it's kind of too late. You're So you're in the situation now, all right? Here we are, we're in the situation, so what do we do about it now? Now we can only react instead of being proactive. And the funny thing is, I uh, so I called my wife up last, I want to say Wednesday, and it's been a while since you've talked to her then, huh? <laughs> I call her up while uh, she was at work. I'm I'm driving around and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if we've got uh, food stocked up. And I'm hearing all these people going to the store and stuff like that. And she goes, yeah, I think, I think we've got food there in the fridge or in the freezer in the garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should be good for a couple of weeks at least. So then I... Uh, I got home. I actually I swung by Walmart just to be on the safe side, grab some uh, essentials such as uh, if we ran out of the meat and stuff there in the fridge, I grabbed some chili and some different things, and I got home. Sure enough, I didn't have a place to put all the food that I had got. Because uh, like, <laughs> you're not you not normally. We don't open that fridge in the garage. Yeah. Uh, unless we're uh, unless we've emptied everything in the fridge mm-hmm. in, the, in yeah. the house and it's like well that's that's a good thing in the, in the sense that we did have what i didn't know yeah. if we had or not but I well didn't and, get and i get it for like a lot of americans you know um both adults work in the household so you're probably not um you know if if you're both out and working and whatnot you're probably not like you're not you're not you're only eating typically speaking like one meal a day at the house So you're not going to have like, so whenever you take that one meal a day and it turns into three meals because you're quarantined in your home and you're staying at home, you've just, you know, you've taken what would be a month's supply of food and dwindled it down to like 10 days. Um, True. So I I get those type, you know, so I get, you know, how people could be caught unawares a little bit, but it's also, it's really not a bad idea to have some stuff that doesn't, that keeps well, that some dry foods that, that you could, some non-perishables that you can kind of just I mean, like keep. Patriot Supply, I think, uh, is a company that they supply uh, <clears throat> dried foods uh, that can keep, if I remember right, I think the, the time frame is about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get like, uh, you can get them and, and yeah. they actually sell the five yeah, gallon buckets. You can buy, for, yeah, you can buy emergency food supplies. Um, 30, 30 days, you can buy them <clears throat> for upwards to a year supply. Uh huh. But that way, you're you're staying ahead of the curve in these stupid times when things just get crazy. 
Yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, is that uh, you, you don't even necessarily have to be like that crazy prepper that has emergency food stores like no. that. It just you know when you're grocery shopping, when you don't don't uh, don't wait to go grocery shopping till your pantry is getting kind of bare. You have a few weeks. Have at the very least have a few weeks of food on hand. I'm not saying you need to have a few weeks worth of fresh foods and steaks and all that stuff. Have you know have some rice and some beans and some pasta sitting in your pantry that you can, you know, and some canned exactly. goods that you can break out and, you know, eat if you, if you can't get to the grocery store, the grocery store doesn't have anything in stock for whatever reason. But if anything has taught us anything about this situation is that the next time that a scenario like this rolls around, as long as you're stuck, stocked up on toilet paper, you're fine. <laughs> You can still get to the store and buy literally everything else you need except they, toilet paper. Did I tell you about the meme that it, I saw? Because it, uh, it took how people uh, people uh, are saying, well, if this actually becomes a diarrhea problem, do I need to go buy nasal spray? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So the, the so uh, it took probably what a week before other stuff started, kind of disappearing off of shelves shelves before people were like oh wait a second like this like this is actually hap- like something's actually happening here we don't just need toilet paper we need to go buy some like canned goods and stuff that have started disappearing off of shelves and ammo and guns and all this stuff started disappearing but i remember like within the first few days of the toilet paper disappearing i was i went to the store um, cause I had actually, uh, injured myself. I stepped on a stack of staples, put a four inch gash in my foot. Um, and so I, you know, I've, you know, glued it back together and all that stuff. Um, uh, but I needed, I was, I needed to go buy some more bandages and gauze cause I didn't want to deplete my entire first aid stash. Um, uh, uh just on redressing my wound every day. So I go to the store thinking that it, the first aid aisle is going to be kind of bare, is what I was thinking, because you can't buy toilet paper. So what would make me think that we could get a hold of first aid and medical supplies? Nope, completely stocked, full. The shelves were, you know, I wasn't. There was nothing missing. So I was like, you know what? Since there's a lot of, I'll, you know, I made a kind of a mental checklist and said, you know, because I have like four different first aid kits, and I was like, I'll make a mental checklist here, and I'm like. You know, I could stock up all, make sure I stock up all of my first aid kits while I'm already here buying some gauze and bought a bunch of stuff, not like an insane amount. Like I don't have enough to like be a, um, you know, like a wartime medic or anything like that. Um, (laughs) But, you know, and it's, it's enough to where, you know, minor injuries can be taken care of, which is what the, the reason why I have these first aid kits that I keep one in my truck. I keep one in my, my everyday carry backpack. I keep one in the my wife's car, and then one is goes in my camping uh, my camping pack. And it, you know, I don't need to use them all the time, but boy, is it useful whenever I have to. Like whenever I'm out in the woods, and apparently the gl- grass is made out of razor blades and slices my finger open, <laughs> <laughs> um, which happened. I got I got my finger sliced pretty deep by by a blade of grass. Um, whenever we were out, uh, setting up your blind at that, uh, one spot on the island and had to walk back to the boat where my camping pack was, which is where I also had a first aid kit so that I could, um, you know, not be bleeding all over the place. So, um, <clears throat> it's, it, so it's, it, I, I would say, 
my, one of my messages to people is prepare, prepare for something like this, both financially and, you know, supply wise as well. Like it just, and I know again, it's kind of too late for that, um, to, to work on it now. So what do we do now? Here's what I suggest to all small businesses. I think if you can afford to, um, either limit your interactions with, you know, people so that we don't spread this, uh, to, you know, and, and also, especially if you, uh, have a lot of elderly customers, uh, or people who are immunocompromised that are your customers probably, you know, out for their safety, be smart about your interactions. If you can afford to just completely shut down and your customers aren't going to be like, cause you got to think about it on both ends of this. And this is where a lot of people you know, this is where a lot of people don't understand small business owners. When when you when you're in a situation like this, you're not just thinking, okay, well, what do I do? You know, wh- wh- if I shut down, how is it going to affect me? You're also thinking, well, how's it going to affect my employees? Can I still pay them? Are they still going to make money because they've got families too? How's it going to affect my customers? Can my customers live without my services? Um, or goods for the time being that I'm closed. This is what this is what always makes it difficult for a lot of small business owners to take vacations because your customers rely on you. So if you're gone for an extended period of time, it's kind of difficult to take a break and go on vacation because you have a loyalty to to your customers. Not necessarily just about the money. You may have the money to afford to take time off and not make money for a week or two, but you 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 have customers that rely on you. Yep. You know, if I decide, you know what, I want to, you know, I've saved up some money. I want to take three months off. Well, what happens when your cars break, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, if your trucks are broken, how are you going to get to take care of your customers? And then, you know, so on and so forth. It, it, so, so you have to make that decision for yourself as a small business. Is it, is it, are we, are we going to limit operations? Are we going to shut down? Are we going to keep trucking as we normally do? Because so we, with witness, we actually had a customer uh, text in, or actually, I think they emailed. Um, I was supposed to go out there either Wednesday or Thursday morning, and she said that they they had been tested for the COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh, I said, "Well, in that case, we will not be coming." Um, and she she understood, but uh, in other well, they were tested. Did they not? Uh, did they not have the test results yet? Then they didn't have the oh, results okay. yet, and I wasn't going to put in or go for the well, gold, and, gold and see if I if it if it was uh, yeah, and, work it, or and not. it's probably not a you know bad idea for because you guys have uh, you have uh, you know thousands you or not that hundreds of customers that would be it'd be dangerous for them to get it. So exactly. if, like you go like you'd probably be fine, but if you pick it up from a customer and then you go have to go service a system where you have elderly customers mm-hmm. or you have customers who you know are going to interact with their elderly, you know, parents or something like that, it could be dangerous. Like yeah. got, I don't uh, know who my customers are going to see. Yeah. And so. I don't know who I'm going to go see next. <laughs> Uh, yeah, whether exactly. they have an old person there or they themselves are the old person. Uh, Sorry, a lot that was, of cases, that was a normal cough. That wasn't a COVID cough. Just want people to know. Uh, a lot of cases, I know the name of the person, but that's it's been a while since I've been there to that customer, so I can't remember what they look like, what they whether they're yeah. old, whether they're well, young. Well, they may have been young the last time you saw them, and then yeah. you know you show up and you're like, oh look, you're old now. <laughs> <clears throat> um, 
but uh, and also you you don't know everyone's you know personal background a hundred percent like their medical background you know they might be younger people but they have uh they have like you know something that would put them at risk for you know it being an actual you know real dangerous scenario for them so you know you may have a customer that but you didn't know it but this for they have cystic fibrosis and you had no idea Right. Because it probably doesn't come up too often when you're talking about setting up their security system and you know changing door contacts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, as a business, and that's what like I'm just putting measures in place because my business does not require customers to come to me, which in you know p- potentially increases the risks to them. So in gathering in you know larger amounts, I'm coming to them. So I'm having to be aware and smart on my end to make sure that I'm not bringing it home to my house. I have to, you know, be smart about sanitizing. I'm, I'm not licking any of my customers and I'm, and then to be That'd safe be to weird anyways, it would be weird, but you know, um, <laughs> it's still important to put in the company policies. Don't let customers don't um, blow your nose on their steering wheels. So, you know, to protect myself, I'm not going to lick customers and to protect my customers. I'm not going to blow my nose on their steering wheel. So that's, um, I mean, those are the, those are the measures I'm putting in place. Um, so there's, you know, and I, and I already don't have to interact with like a large amount of people throughout the day, but I do cover large areas and there is a potential that things could spread. Let's say I go to O'Reilly's and I go to pick up my parts and someone there has it and I pick it up and then I go work on an older customer's car. <clears throat> that's kind of dangerous. So, you know, disinfectant spray spray everything down um uh go go take care of the customers and their and their needs and effect and if i haven't had it yet but if an elderly customer did schedule an appointment um i would tell them that it's probably best that um that we kind of distance ourselves you know i don't want them coming out and hanging out while i'm working on the car i'm going to tell them you know stay inside where where you're not going to be as exposed to you know, me, because I, I don't have it, but what if I'm carrying it? I don't know. And then I'm, I'm every, you know, I'm going to be handling the keys, but I wear gloves most of the time anyways, uh, right. just because I'm working on cars. So again, this is kind of, you know, normal operations for me to, <clears throat> to limit the spread of the disease. The only thing you don't do is wear a mask. <clears throat> no, I don't, uh, don't frequently wear a mask, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be coughing all over the customer's vehicle. I'm not going to be wiping my nose on their steering wheel, but everything, all the surfaces that I'm handling are going to get disinfected and then the keys are going to get cleaned whenever they get returned to the customer. Um, another smart move, and I'll tell you this to a lot of business, uh, businesses, and I haven't seen it happen enough I don't know why businesses haven't, like more businesses haven't like ceased the um, uh, transaction, cash transactions. So some businesses have. There's a radio host that I listen to a lot. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, let me uh, hop over here to right here. Pat Campbell. Uh, Mm -hmm. He posted on Facebook. uh, This is Wednesday. He goes, my youngest daughter just went to Chick-fil-A. Attempted to pay for the order with cash and was told the, that they only take plastic. Is this something new or location-specific? And uh, then a bunch of people start commenting. One of them says, I guess because of the germs on the money? I don't know. Uh, and there's another 
Um, if you pay with plastic, no cash exchange, no catching coronavirus. Uh, thanks, med- yeah. media, for blowing this way out of proportion. Well, the thing is, I mean, cash Chick- is Chick Fil A in in general. I I, I honestly, use the app. I, I honestly, well, here's the deal. I I've been saying for a long time that I don't think I don't think that food. Uh, uh, any anyone in food and, and restaurants, I honestly think that it's a bad idea for restaurants, fast food or otherwise, to be accepting cash as a form of payment because it's gross. Cash is gross. One guy says, if this thing were actually as widespread as <clears throat> the press makes it out to be, uh, that would be smart. Cash is filthy. It is. And I agree. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and matter of fact, I commented, true, but you could just pay through the app. Granted, cash is king, but germs may be on the cash. And yes, I agree. They are blowing this out of proportion, but I always pay through the app. The Chick-fil-A has the app available. And if you're going to pay, if if he sent her to go to Chick-fil-A to get um, sandwiches or whatever, uh-huh. then he gave her cash. Why not just use the app? Mm-hmm. Has the card on her... On the app, you just pay yeah, through the app and boom, I, done. I, and you get points. I've been saying free that, cookies. that I, I've been saying for a while that I think that it's a gross idea for uh, restaurants. In fact, if a restaurant came out and said, look, we don't accept cash at all, I would completely understand. Um, I'd be like, that's a smart move because you're handling food, um, you know, and sometimes, yeah, the cashiers are only handling, like your host is the, all they're doing is handling the cash and seating customers. They're not... They're not serving the food or anything like that, mm-hmm. but most restaurants, um, the people seating the customers oftentimes are also servers, and so it is, you know, if you're cashing people out and you're handling cash, you then have to go wash your hands every time that you check someone out, but it, I'll tell you this, that you, like it's, it's a wise idea to be washing your hands in food service anyways, but you just limit the amount of nastiness that has to be... Um, that has to be, you know, trans with every transaction. I got a feeling most restaurants after this, they're going to switch to an app uh, paying system mm-hmm. so that you can, you can do the Apple pay, uh, do it straight through the phone yeah. and you don't have to transmit a card. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it does it electronically. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be more secure. It's going to be less. Yeah. So, I don't, Jeremy. I don't accept cash for a multitude of reasons. It's inconvenient because if I have another mechanic doing the job, then I have to meet up with them, pick up the cash, I'd deposit it to the bank, um, all of that jazz. Also, I don't want other people. I don't, you know, I don't want to have to handle large sums of cash and become a target uh, for mugging and robbery and stuff like that. Um, but also, um, I, I don't. I don't like cash in general. I haven't liked. I haven't. I've. I have basically almost never carried cash for for the past like I don't know ten years. It's basically since online banking became a thing. Since online banking became a thing, you would rarely find cash in my possession, and that's you know and and, and just another added measure and aspect. You know, so again, business as usual for me. 
during this coronavirus nonsense, you know, the people are like, well, have you had to change anything? Well, I already don't accept cash. I already, I already am doing, I already do my best to not spread nasty viruses and disease and all that stuff around it with, for my customers. Like I'm not going to be, I'm going to do my best to, you know, I don't, it'd be the worst thing in the world if I was running around making all of my customers sick, even outside of this whole coronavirus incident. Mm-hmm. It's still flu season. I don't want to be passing the flu around to people. <clears throat> so, you know, take smart business practices. But there may be situations where it's like you're going to have to make some radical changes to your business just if you want to stay operating in order to not, you know, spread like restaurants, a lot of restaurants have started doing delivery, restaurants that otherwise didn't do delivery. Not I've seen that, but I've seen last night, Rachel and I decided to go to, um, to Red Robin and pick up some, uh, mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. And a lot of them are, a lot of them doing curbside, curbside delivery. Yep. Yeah. There was uh, I think Texas this is... Roadhouse. As I drove by Texas Roadhouse, uh, and, Texas Chewies. There's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You just drive down the street there on 71st, and yeah. they had these tents outside so that uh, people could uh, do the whole transaction and order and everything right there out in the parking lot. Yeah, a little weird to see it that way, but hey, it works. Well, and it's keeping it's keeping people from getting into the restaurant where the food's prepared and all that stuff. These are these are smart moves. I mean, this is the thing about small businesses in America is that we're 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 a tough community uh, and we're adaptable and that's what you know that that's what makes that's what makes a great small business owner is someone who's going to be able to adapt to the times those are the businesses that survive and i think honestly everyone is going to be fine like i think you'll survive yep. this and we, there are some emergency implementations available to you like i said sba.gov/disaster there is disaster relief loans available, which, you know, you may think, well, how is accruing more debt going to help me? It can keep the doors open for now. But also on top of that, you can actually use this as an opportunity to consolidate some higher interest debts and, you know, manage your payments a little bit better. So right now income's a little short. So do you want to, you know, can if you can reduce your monthly payment on your debts uh, by consolidating it into a lower interest rate and a longer term? Then you Why can are you always looking at the positives there, Matt. I know what is it? Crazy! I'm over here being crazy, keeping my head during this, um, during this, you know, public panic. And this is what I again, one of the things that what's more dangerous than the coronavirus itself is the public panic and what fear. people, yeah, spreading the fear. Yeah, that is more dangerous. And so it's very important for everyone to just keep their heads and their wits about them and just be smart about what you're doing. Okay, so a lot of people were caught with their pants down and they weren't really prepared for something like this. (laughs) Yeah. So it's probably, so use this as a learning experience, especially as a business. If you survive, if you, you know, you make it through this as a business, then you can be one of the, you know, millions of businesses out there that say, we made it through some tough times. We made it through because there's businesses out there that have, they, they survived the recession and now, uh, you know, the, the recession in 2008 or the housing market crash that you've got, you know, now, and they're still trucking along. Here comes coronavirus. That's going to, you know, that's uh, making the economy dip way down and, uh, and you make it through this. This is another learning experience. And that means, you know what, let's make, Let's make preparations just in case something like this happens again, um, be because prepared. it's prob it probably will. It may not be this exactly, but something 
will happen again. So it's, it's probably wise to make some type of a preparation for this, um, as well as, um, uh, you know, potentially see if there's any way that, that some advantages can be taken in this scenario. Um, so here's an idea, um, with, uh, with the way that the economy is going. So did you know that, uh, airline stocks are down a lot right now? Yeah. So here's an idea for I've those. Consid- I've considered buying some airlines, airline stocks. It's a, uh, last I was, last I noticed uh, American airlines, uh, stock was down to like $10 a share. And normally they're around thirty, and it, I've seen it spike like way up to like a hundred dollars a share at sometimes. But realistically, it normally hovers around thirty. So here's an idea to everybody out there: if you've got the spare cash, or this may be a means to recuperate some of your income losses during this time, if you've got the ability to buy up some shares in American Airlines, because I'll tell you this: it's a win-win. It mm-hmm. will return to normal. Not only that, but we have a we've kind of a compounding factor with American Airlines, or not just American, all airlines. Right now, uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia are in basically a pissing contest to see who can produce the most oil, and so it's flooding the market, the global market, with oil. So oil prices have gone way down. Um, so you have that going on with then you have the coronavirus that basically shut down you know, shutting down all, a lot of air travel. So eventually it will return to normal, but the oil prices still probably won't go back up for a while. So what happens is when airline travel picks back up again, they're also going to be operating at really high profit margins because their, their, their cost of fuel is way down, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that not only where their shares return to normal, I think they'll go above normal, so you basically can guarantee that you're going to triple your money, like just about. And then it's, there's a high likelihood that you're going to more than triple your money in a short time period. So it's a win-win. And worst case scenario, things don't re- if things don't normalize and the airlines don't go back up in stock prices, then there's other much, wor- much more worrisome things going on in the world. And at that point, you know, your money is probably not that important. So, so if airlines don't return to normal, money doesn't mean anything anymore at that point. I got a feeling though, it's going to get back to you. Yeah, it's going to. And so because of that, it's not a bad idea. And I don't think it'll take long for airlines to start picking back up. Not only that, but the, uh, the government's working on, um, uh, figuring out some sort of stimulus for the airlines. And some people are saying, Oh, well, you know, the government bails out and other large corporations, blah, 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 blah. Um, it, I disagreed with the GM bailout, uh, back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a bad idea. I thought that honestly, the company should have just been allowed to go bankrupt, even though I, I like GM products, but someone else would have just bought it. Toyota probably would have, or something like that. Somebody would have. The, the problem is with giant corporations and companies like that, that aren't, aren't allowed to fail. Then that means they can just run their companies into the dirt and the government's just going to bail them out. But airlines on the other hand, that's kind of essential. It's kind of an essential thing. Like we don't need to be producing cars every, you know, every single year. Like we could survive if a car company, you know, goes out. But airlines, on the other hand, um, if we lost air travel, then we would no longer be playing with a global market, 
and like because we wouldn't be able to so it would be and not only that people don't aren't aware airlines how much they affect their normal life they say well i don't travel that much uh via airline well um if you want to get your packages by the next day then you're gonna want airlines because they they what's bigger uh, what's much bigger than people transport is packages uh, parcel services um it the the you know the the shipment of of uh of of uh, you know goods via airplane is much more um it, it would basically it affects like everybody so it'd be a bad idea if we let airlines just tank and disappear if all of the airlines went away it would be kind of problematic not only to our global economy um but even our local uh, economy and just everyday life you know the typical conveniences that you have <clears throat> would go away i had, i was talking to somebody and i said something about i think it might have been one of our listeners uh and he said uh, something about stocks and i said i'm considering buying into some stocks in airlines mm-hmm. i actually had this thought yeah last week no it's a great idea and he goes well i don't know airlines might not come back up i said <laughs> thing is <laughs> they have to the technology is already here we've already got airplanes yeah they're not gonna think it go reverse away. back to just cars and, and trains boats. and boats yeah yeah well think about this um it, it, not only do i think it's gonna bounce back i think it's gonna bounce back strong because what's happened is once all of this goes away there's gonna be a whole lot of business that needs to be conducted in a manner that that's been put off and so a lot of people are going to be traveling to to uh, to 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 make up for a lot of lost time like there's going to be trips to china there's going to be trips to everyone's taking True. all these business trips and then on business, top of that though business might take a turn in uh having to travel to um yeah across the there's going to there's go. probably going to be a lot of more um like uh, uh Skype interactions and things of that nature people using uh people using teleconferencing a little bit more because I think it's going to uh, take yeah. a serious turn in that market. Yes, but there's a lot of stuff like there's a lot of travel that's been put off and postponed that's going to that's that's basically waiting for the moment that travel bans are lifted and the airline and things return to normal so everyone's going to be, you know, rushing to get plane tickets and getting, you know, going wherever they need to go. But then on top of that, you couple that with the very, very low oil prices that we have right now. And uh, airlines are just going to be, you know, raking in the dough. And so the stock prices will go back up. And when they go back up, uh, everybody gets to make a whole bunch of money off of it. So um, right now it is a really good idea to consider investing in uh, some airlines. Now, if you, you may be in a position where you're like, well, I don't have the spare money to keep my doors open and pay my employees. I, I certainly can't invest in airlines. Okay. I get that. I understand. But, um, if that's the case, then you need to be considering a SBA disaster loan and then maybe see if you can take some of that disaster loan money and just toss it, uh, toss it over to a airline and then triple your money and then take that money and pay off your loan. And then you'd be completely debt free and uh, a little bit richer for the matter. <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, just things to consider. Things to consider. 3.75% interest rate. I mean, eh, not a bad idea. So return on investment might be, uh, 
a lot more yeah, than 3%. I know. We're talking about a potential of tripling your money. So I did probably a really good idea. And I think I'm probably not the first person, nor will I be the last to mention it. So that also means that stocks prices are probably going to start going up before um, before things start even getting better and returning to normal. Because I think a lot of people are going to go buy stocks and airlines. Right now is the perfect time to buy. So... Those are my tips. Um, uh, look at if you're if you're in need of it, check out the SBA disaster loan program. Uh, invest in airlines and use smart business practices to uh, reduce or eliminate the spread of COVID nineteen. And uh, we will be continuing our podcast um, even through this, you know, time of disaster and time of panic. We'll be continuing it. Um, really no probably no matter what unless it gets to the point where there is no internet anymore but if that's the case you guys have more problems than getting to hear my sweet sultry voice over the uh, over the interwaves uh, the internet waves the airwaves of the internet anyhow um until next time you will hear from us again i promise um see you later